0: We're so thankful to New Growth Press publishers for sponsoring this season. And I have so enjoyed reading this book with my five-year-old. It is called Finding Jesus on Upside-Down Days by Jill Miller. And it's a bit different to any other devotion that I've read really with kids. It's a story or a series of stories that Jill has written about essentially her farmyard. And you have all the animals and all their different characters. And through the stories of, of her life in that farm... She points us to Jesus and she's kind of teaching lessons through really well written, beautifully illustrated um, stories. And I loved it, and my five year old really enjoyed it. Grab a coffee at tenofoes.com. Welcome to Two Sisters in a Cup of Tea.
1: My name is Sarah. I live in the UK. This is my sister Felicity. She lives in the States. And today, we can't quite believe it, but we've got to the end of the letter. We're in chapter three of Titus. We're already at the final remarks and um, the last chapter. So here we go. Before we get there, Felicity, any biscuits or tea to join us? I
0: mean, I've just had a slightly disappointing experience, to be honest. I mean, my husband went to the UK and he came back with a selection of biscuits. You know, when you're going down the biscuit aisle, you probably don't know this. It's a novelty thing when you live <laughs> over here and he's in the biscuit aisle and he FaceTimes me from the biscuit aisle when he's over there. And, I, you know, we we pick out a few that we might like. And this one, I actually don't know why I allowed it through the, the vetting process. A rhubarb oh, and custard no. cream.
1: I know. Oh, like a variation on the custard cream? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like ru- rhubarb Which and custard Which shop is it cream. from? Oh, I guess he was in Tesco's. I don't, I don't know. But Tesco brand, is it? Oh, I haven't got the packet in front of me. Yeah, it's oh. probably a branded one. It's, I don't think custard cream would kind of. I wouldn't. I don't think they'd go reputation. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I mean, it, the the label does say it all. It does have rhubarb in it, and I don't like rhubarb. So I was going to say, like, you know, we've got, I've grown
1: up with you knowing that you don't like rhubarb. So why would you even go near a biscuit I of know. that flavour?
0: And as I took a bite, I thought, yes. And so if you do like rhubarb, <laughs> I would recommend it because it definitely tastes like rhubarb. I think I thought it might taste a bit more like the. Sweeties, you know, they're like hard-boiled kind of rhubarb. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. Not a sweet though, is it?
1: So good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on, hey,
1: moving on from yeah. the
0: rhubarb So moving on from such biscuit travesties, uh, we've been asking each other questions throughout this season as to how you might get the Bible open with someone else. And today we're on to the which. So what we're thinking about is which book of the Bible might you start with if you were going to try and get it open with someone else. Sarah, what would you say?
1: In one sense, I'd say it doesn't really matter. Just get any book of the Bible open and have a go. Um, If it's a challenge, brilliant. You can do it together. You can ask all your questions together and just see, see where it takes you. Equally, I might say start with the gospel because straight away you're just looking and gazing at Jesus and there's nothing better than being up up front with Jesus himself and a gospel is there in that sense. Um, so I think that's always a really helpful place to start. Um, or if you're going to read the Bible with a new Christian, um, a gospel or uh, maybe 1 Thessalonians is a, is a good place to start. It's written to a, church, a very new church um, full of new Christians. Um, but I think really, I don't think it matters that much as long as you're, you're willing to give it a go and you pray that God would give you insight and guide you as you go along. I think that it's it's thrilling, whichever way you go, really. What about you?
0: I know I think that's right. But I think also uh I would just want to give myself the best chance of like especially if you've never done it before, to mm-hmm. start with something a little bit familiar to you might just be be helpful. Like if you've never read yeah. Zachariah, probably don't yes. start there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would say if and if you're just thinking, I don't even know where to begin. Just something that you have recently enjoyed, like maybe you've mm. read it in your in your quiet times or you've had a sermon series on it or, or something that would just help you to get a bit of a springboard into it and something that you're excited about reading yourself, that always helps.
1: And that's a really valid point about the sermon series, actually, because I think it's tempting to think on a Sunday, right, that's being preached, so I must do something different in my own Bible times or when I read the Bible with someone else, whereas actually, like, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't that be our first experience and then take it two, three times more that week to really dwell on what's being said in that passage? And that's a really valuable way, isn't it? To go deeper into what the Lord is saying.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just easily accessible in the sense of you've both heard the same thing. So then you, you're both kind of on a similar starting point and maybe it yeah. removes any kind of leveling. Or, yeah. I think it's a, it can go either which way. As you say, mm. the word is powerful, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Shall I uh, get us into Titus 3? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're going to read, really, just the whole chapter. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But... When the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenas the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Um, It's really striking what's repeated in this last chapter, isn't it, as he signs off this letter, the repetition of do whatever is Good. Good good what is good devote themselves to doing what is good um it's there you can't miss it can you um yeah that's just what really strikes me as we get into this
0: yeah and i think it's kind of surprising because you might expect it more to be just something a bit more sort of doctrinal and theological but Mm -hmm. actually do what is good so the the impact of the gospel that's been the theme throughout the letter hasn't it the gospel is is such that it leads to godliness and i love he's so specific isn't he like this is what it looks like mm-hmm. and but what i really love is that we have the the gospel sandwich going on here where we've had it in 11 through to 14 in chapter 2 and then we get it again verse 4 through to verse 7 really I, in my kind of englishy kind of brain it's that it feels like two little poems gospel <laughs> poems
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing side. isn't it to have so much um within such a short space of writing to kind of it is literally overflowing from his tongue isn't it he cannot help but spill over with this good news um and i love again we had last time the kind of the emphasis on it's for all people and he really drives that home this time doesn't he in verse three at one time we too were foolish disobedient deceived enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures we lived in malice and envy being hated and hating one another it's there's no one exempt. There's, it's it's such a level playing field here. Um, this is what we all were. Yeah. This is what the this this is who the gospel comes to. Everyone needs it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of met with this. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: just just that the the extraordinary and abundant overflowing kindness of God not because of anything we've done but because of his mercy. Um oh, just love it.
0: Yeah, I love that. The interceding but. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> the um and just seeing that. So good to have that clear in our heads, isn't it? With so much emphasis on good and what you're doing and kind of the outward mm-hmm. working of it to remember that we come from the point of mercy, like through his mercy, we therefore are able to do good in in any way at all. Yeah.
1: And it's a the, the, it's the language, isn't it, as well? Like the kind of the kindness, the love, the mercy, but it's the poured out, the generously, uh, you know, um, yeah, just grace. It's just... Yeah, he's, you know, oh, I've not got any words to describe it because I just think the these are the beautiful words, aren't they? And this is the starting point. As we said right from the beginning, the knowledge of this truth is the thing that leads to godliness, and godliness essentially is doing good to others, isn't it, and being eager to do good for the sake of others, nurturing others, loving others, seeking to show them more of Jesus. Um, and this is the fuel that makes that happen.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really evident. Just in going back to the start of the chapter, that verse two, there, verse one and two, be ready to do whatever is good. Mm-hmm. Slander no one to be peaceful to it, and always be gentle towards everyone. There's a real sense of peaceable peaceability, isn't there? Like the way yeah. in which we conduct ourselves towards others. And and I love that that when he comes to verse nine, but avoid these things. Like he's really against divisiveness and all for considerate love mm. for one another and, and so that kind of is where the gospel is pushing It's towards peace rather than conflict
1: and pushing out again isn't it so we saw last time that it's so that no one can malign the word of god but i think in the way it, it feels like it's got a kind of missional impact here doesn't it with mm. be always gentle towards everyone be subject to rulers and authorities like it's, it is outside of the church family that actually your influence and your scope for Gospel impact really is felt, isn't it? And I think again that is striking, isn't it? Because I think we just so often disbelieve that that growing in our of this gospel will truly impact those around us on a wider scale. But this says it will. This word says this. This is what will happen. This is what will naturally spill over as you're delighting in this grace.
0: Yeah, and I think in again those verses nine through to eleven. He's being instructed to really forcefully fight against division, isn't he? And so the impact of division on the gospel witness Mm. is is detrimental, it seems. like It's worth talking to this person once, twice, and then actually having nothing to do with them because division and conflict and bringing about disrepute in that way is just really damaging Mm. to that witness that we're talking about. Yeah, and
1: it's the opposite of stressing a gospel of unity, isn't it? actually stress this gospel because it's it's the leveler amongst you it's the thing that will nurture and nourish you and grow you i guess what yeah is, is it worth thinking about what's the implication if you don't stress the gospel well actually naturally you will fall into these controversies won't you naturally that those will start to dictate um your priorities because you're not centered on jesus anymore and the grace that is has appeared to all
0: I think, and I think that's it, isn't it? You're not centered on Jesus, and the eyes through which you're seeing the world are not the same eyes as Jesus, who came mm. for everyone, like who sees everyone, who the grace that is available to everyone, and so you then begin to create camps rather than having yeah, this kind maybe. of all.
1: Yeah, and your and your eyes are focused inwards, aren't they? Rather yeah. than this gospel at each point the three kind of big points where he talks about the gospel in chapter one, two, and three, it's always with an eye to heaven. It's always with the hope to come. Mm. And that's that's really striking, isn't it? That actually the the gospel life, the good news that impacts the good life here is always with
0: an eye to the future. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. That's a good, a good point. And so then as we look to the future, then we get, we're not so focused on, how it's all going right here, right now. But that's not to say mm-hmm. this is otherworldly, is it? Because no, what is, the, what is the nature of the doing good? Like, like, what does it actually look like to do good? It's it's really quite earthly, <laughs> like, as in not earthly, but kind of it's in the it's in the nitty gritty of life, isn't it? Yeah. Like, be subject to your rulers and authorities. Be obedient. Be ready to do whatever is good. And we've heard other things throughout the letter that are just very normal life kind of godliness, really. Yeah, big time. It's is very
1: down to earth seek how you can bless others, isn't it? Mm. I, I think it really strikes me how much this this uh, the end of this letter, but the letter as a whole feels like that we'll, we'll love God and love others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love God and love your neighbour. That feels to summarize, that feels like it summarizes where we've got to. Um and that's not a surprise, is it? <laughs>
0: No, and that, and I. But I think to be convinced that that is how it works, as in when I hear the word "do good," it can be just a little bit. I can feel a bit weary at the thought of it sometimes. And I think it's so helpful to have these gospel kind of flowers in the midst of it that then Mm. catch my eye and my heart and drive me to to want to do good, not which I I don't want to do off my own bat. Like it is entirely through jesus and i think yeah. as we read titus that is i feel that happening in my heart i'm more inclined to do good because i've had a good dose <laughs> a good dose of the gospel and so love god yes as the starting point because we are loved and then yeah. and then love others and do good.
1: but i think also like we're we're kind of wary of this language aren't we in our culture because of the association of i'm saved by works Yeah, And I think we're wary to talk about or challenge or kind of urge each other to do good because we kind of think, oh, well, I don't want to be urging you to to kind of work for your salvation in any way. And actually, the opposite is the case here. The center of this chapter is not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. And out of that, be devoted to doing what is good because God is good and he is good to his people. and. Yeah, but I think it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge on my language and how I seek to encourage one another and what does that look like in our church families to to be to be bold and say, how are we going to do good this week? What is it going to look like to pray intentionally into that command, to be to be eager to do what is good this week?
0: Yeah, so true, so true. And and really helpful because we don't want to be not doing good. And we don't want to have like we don't want to be just in our own little church bubble. Like this is very much mm. out in the world, isn't it? Like the gospel does have the power to allow us to do good, even in in the society in which we live. And, and yeah. such a helpful thing to say, let's pray for it. And so, Sarah, why don't we pray? You pray for us in that. Oh, Our oh, Heavenly
1: Father, we just praise you. We praise you for your kindness and love that you saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of your mercy. We thank you that the overflow of your heart is mercy towards us, And we thank you that as we are gripped by you, gripped by that grace, Lord, we thank you that that is the thing that then will flow out of our hearts to others. And we pray to that end. We pray, Lord, would you cause us to be eager to do whatever is good this week because we are gripped by this grace that you continue to show us. Lord, please do that work in our hearts. We know that we cannot do it without you. And we ask for your wonderful Holy Spirit to be at work, enabling us to do whatever is good so that others may look on and want to glorify their
0: Father in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. And so we have been talking all this season, really, about how and why and what in terms of getting the Bible open with someone. So let us encourage you to give it a go. Let's be praying Um, that we would have opportunity to ask someone, ask God to give you wisdom as to who to ask and just give it a go. We cannot recommend it highly enough. And we're praying that you as our listeners would be eager to do that as well. And we will see you next time, next week for a review of this short but brilliant letter.
1: It's so short, I can't believe we've (laughs) finished it. I know, (laughs) but we haven't. One more week, we'll go, you know. We're going back into it for one more week. So I'm looking forward to that. Look forward to seeing you then. See you then.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're thankful to New Growth Press for sponsoring this season.